0: Everyone, you're listening to the Dare Daniel Podcast. My name is Daniel Barnes. I'm the film critic for the Sacramento News and Review. My co-host, as always. Some people call him a comedian, some say comic, some say rack on tour. Mm. I call him a goddamn comedy legend. His name's Corky McDonald. Say Merry hi. New Year! Happy 2019 to everybody. Yeah,
1: happy 2019. Just like Blade Runner predicted. <laughs>
0: On this itty-bitty little mini-episode, we are going to take a look at the film we'll be reviewing next week. I'm going to reveal that movie in just a moment, adding a touch of suspense to the Dan, is that is that called a tease? That's a bit of a tease there. It's not Go. the first time you've been called a tease. Nope. Today. <laughs> We're going to take a look at our previous episode, Christmas Story 2, we're going to talk about my picks for the best and worst films of 2018, now that it is in our rearview mirror, and we're going to read a few of our movie dares. First of all, Corky. Yes, my fine-feathered friend. I'm just going to come right out with it. Hmm. <laughs> it's I not the
1: think? first time you've said that today.
0: <laughs> Corky, what if I was to tell you a movie exists that stars Mike Tyson, Right. that stars Steven Seagal. Okay. That is essentially propaganda for Chinese telecoms companies. I would tell you, shut your lying whore mouth. You'd say, you're a lying sack of goddamn shit.
1: (laughs) That's literally not the first time I've said that to you today. Well, you would be both right and wrong. (laughs) Because
0: the film really does exist. But you are still a
1: lying sack of shit. Yeah,
0: yeah. (laughs) But it is a Chinese production released in the United States in 2018. The movie is called China Salesman.
1: Literally nobody believes me this movie exists, movie exists, I swear to God.
0: It was directed by Tan Bing. Yes, that Tan Bing. Yeah. It stars Dong Zhui Li, but is more notable for featuring Mike Tyson, Steven Seagal, in a fight scene where they were never once in the same room, (laughs) city, continent, or plane of consciousness. Absolutely. Let's listen to a trailer for this insane movie.
1: Sir, are you here to retrieve the DH source code? Whoever wins the bidding, wins respect. You see? I will make you come, in, Mr. Yen. We need to find Yen and kill him.
0: Let's all welcome, Mr. Jian, the great China salesman. The new leader of the South. The bloc government murdered him. The last two companies entering the final phase are MTM
1: Telecom and DH Telecom. Go! Are you determined to put DH Telecom at a disadvantage? How can the edge compete with MTM? Your technology is way behind. This is unfair! Where is Yan Zhan, is he safe? As Susanna wants this bid to be in sync with the latest technology, I suggest we change standard to stage. Whoever wins the bidding wins respect. I will make you come in, Mr. Yan.
0: You're not welcome
1: here, China salesman Jim has feed from China, reached the shores of Africa hundreds of years ago, or a single person actually! China!
0: Yeah! So that was China Salesman. This engaging bit of Chinese propaganda is available to watch on
1: Netflix. Hey, spoiler alert. Listening to that did They've not – taken over. It doesn't help if you watch it. Like, It doesn't make any more sense if you see the action that you heard.
0: If you don't got Netflix, it's also available to rent on all the usual VOD services. I got to say, if, if you are a connoisseur Please. of the bad movie – Oh, just swirl this one in your glass for a few minutes before quaffing, baby, because uh, you're going to want to enjoy this I've
1: been anxious for people to (laughs) catch on to this movie for so long.
0: So that is China Sealsman. That comes out on Tuesday. Now let's take a look back at the film we reviewed last week, our Christmas episode, our holly jolly Christmas episode where we reviewed A Christmas Story 2. Corky, anything to add to this rancid bit of fruit
1: I first want to apologize for making everybody hate Christmas. Yeah, sorry uh, about that. Sorry we released that two on you on Christmas, and then if you actually went and we watched us,
0: We sure did release a two <laughs> <we> on you. <them. laughs> we
1: released a two on you. Um, That's a deuce thing, right thing, in your ear. <laughs> shit, we're talking about shit, people. <laughs> we didn't talk about much in the episode, is that uh, literally any shot of somebody in an open area, uh, open field, outdoors, or in town, when they pull back, it is all green screen. Oh, yeah. It is so obviously green screen. So you, up close, you can't quite tell, but when they pull back and you see people, they take three steps because they cannot go any farther <laughs> or else they'll be off the green screen. It's it's so fucking terrible. Yeah, This movie is... God-awful.
0: It is really cheap, really chintzy, and just really annoying. I
1: might I might say this is the worst movie we've watched.
0: It might be. It, it might be, because there's just no value to it at it, all. And it kind of shits on something that people generally like.
1: Yeah, so. Christmas.
0: Christmas. <laughs> my chest. And the Christmas story, too. <laughs> it takes a shit on my chest. One thing I, I remember as I'm I was...
1: Going, <laughs> restart. <laughs> <laughs>
0: One thing as I remembered as I was thinking about this movie and about Brian Levant was that I, I recalled when the Flintstones came out mm. in the '90s and it was a big hit, and because <laughs> people are morons, people are absolute morons. And at the time, I was of course a precocious, you know, kid who was reading all like the trade magazines <laughs> and things like this. But I remember reading this. Your ar- name
1: was Scoop Filmswell. <laughs> Scoop.
0: <laughs> I remember reading this article about Brian Levant and how. He got the job for Flintstones because someone told, like, a a studio executive, like, go visit his office. Go check out his office. And his office is, like, some kind of a pop culture museum. He just loves Uh. pop culture. But it was all, like, collectibles. It's just all collectibles. And that, to me, like, really gets at why this movie is so bad and Christmas Story is so good in comparison is that he comes at it from the mood of a, a collector, from the attitude of a collector. He's got the stuff He's got the stuff, but it's completely divorced from content and a divorced from why it was actually ever good. Yeah. Like, just putting someone in a funny outfit isn't by itself funny. When Ralph dresses in the pink bunny costume, it's funny because it's set up as funny. It's funny because there's stakes in there. It's funny because he doesn't want anyone to see him in it. It's set up. I can imagine him having an ornament of Ralphie in the bunny suit (laughs) but having no idea why that was ever funny but just seeing it completely divorced from its original material and assuming like this is funny in and of itself and that's what this movie is. It takes stuff from Christmas Story and is just like, let's just do a thing. Like the sticking your tongue in Yeah, that doesn't even make sense. Like in the original film, he was dared – yeah, to stick his tongue to pole because he didn't, he didn't do think it. it would actually happen. Right, this movie posits that he just like sticking his tongue in strange objects. That
1: with this now I'm breaking it down. This movie posits that we saw the birth of his kink. Like that, it was, <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> he didn't know he had that in him until he stuck his tongue to that pole and then flick. Now had to stick his tongue and mouth and things <laughs> sticking
0: his tongue in the foreign
1: objects. He point. was arrested in seven years for doing it in locker rooms. Oh,
0: uh, but it's just all completely it's callbacks, but completely disconnected no, from you're right. why it was funny and why we liked it or why we ever cared. And this
1: movie is the Spencer's gifts or hot topic of movies. It it's it's just, just raids all the pop culture reference of, to one movie. Christmas story. Yeah. yeah, absolutely.
0: Brutal, brutal movie. Don't watch it. But listen to the episode because that was a lot of fun. Sure.
1: Hi everyone, I'm Gav, I'm Alex, I'm Dave, I'm Joel, and I'm Austin, and we are Films on Trial. Basically, we take a film and we put it on trial. It's as simple as that. The films are suggested to us by our listeners and are then picked out of the hat at random as are our roles. The first role is that of the defense who is trying to get the film placed on the hit list and then there's the prosecutor who is trying to condemn the film and most importantly we have the judge who decides which list the film should be placed on based solely on the arguments put to them and not using their own opinion. There's also plenty of other things to keep you entertained including some terrible songs, some poor xylophone playing, some questionable impressions, a cap Contest, a quiz, and a whole host of banter. So if you like the sounds of that, then why not check us out on your local podcast platform or on our website, filmsontrial.co.uk, where we will be in your ears. In the meantime, back to you, Daniel and Corky.
0: As now we're into the year 2019, I thought, uh, why don't we take a little time on this episode and talk about some of my picks for the best and worst films of
1: the year? This this is amazing. This is amazing. We do this podcast. We review movies people have brought to us. They range from all different decades. But I'm looking through Daniel's list of movies that he's seen this year. And for someone like me who hasn't seen a movie since 2008, the last movie I saw was Runaway Bride. (laughs) (laughs) For someone like me... I cannot fathom going to the theaters this many times. I I think it's amazing. Yeah, well, not all these were in the theater. I get a lot
0: of screeners or direct to uh, links and things. But what
1: I also like looking at, and you can find this on uh, Daniel's Letterboxd Barnyard List of 2018 ranked. What I like is all the movies I thought might be good or that I was looking forward to, and seeing where you put them.
0: Yeah, I rank every movie that I've seen this year. Well, all the releases, not every movie I've seen, but every movie that was released in a theater in in 2018, which comes to 160 something as we're recording this. So I thought since it's a bad movie podcast, let's start with the bad movies. Instead of starting at the top, let's start at the bottom and go to my absolute worst movies of the year. My The two worst movies that I watched this year, I watched for this goddamn podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking podcast of all the shit I watched. What I'm
1: laughing at is one of your final f- horrible movies is the one movie I did go see in the theaters this Oh, movie. really? Yeah. <laughs> so
0: my worst movie of the year, and honestly, it's not even close. It's Gotti. I know yeah. it's like cliched because everybody is hating on Gotti and it has garbage reviews on Rotten Tomato, and Metacritic, but it's sincerely bad. And it's not... It's not ever fun bad, no, even no. for a moment. It's honestly unwatchable. It's untalkaboutable. It's
1: incomprehensible. It's unthinkable. Bad. Yeah. yeah,
0: you can't even put this movie together in your head. It's just complete incompetence, and yet I don't know if ineptitude has ever been less entertaining than this. Usually you think, well, this will at least be hilarious, hilariously bad, but yeah. it's also boringly bad. All
1: too. right, peel back... From the Curtain, a little bit of quirky vulnerability oh. time. I once thought – I'm a mob historian. I love that kind of shit. I thought it would be interesting to do a series of things called hit clips or whack clips where it was just the most famous mob hits filmed, recreated, right? Devoid of context, <laughs> just what you know. The Park Sheridan hit, the, uh, the flower store hit, the Spark Steakhouse hit. If you're a mob historian, you know those things. This movie tries to do that. It tells you all the things. If you've it ever really read a wiki does. entry on John Gotti, it just filmed all the wiki it Just hits all the bullet points. And it's not good in no way. And then it tries to apologize to John Gotti. Yeah. And John Gotti Jr. Especially John Gotti Jr. Uh,
0: who is, is made to... You're
1: like right. It's, 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 it, you can't even make fun of how bad this movie is. You because really can. Because it's punching down.
0: Well, nothing sticks. Mm. No scene begins and ends, or in any sort of a comprehensible sort of a manner.
1: Do you remember how he got married? Or John (sighs) Gotti Jr. met his wife for five seconds at a party, and then (laughs) it's their wedding. Then it's their wedding.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Gotta hit all the highlights. After that, not very far behind Fifty Shades Freed. Sure. Which go check out episode seven. Gotti is still. I think that's coming out this month. Okay. Fifty Shades Freed. Go check out our episode seven where we re- review all three films. One of my favorites. This was, I thought, the nadir of the Fifty Shades franchise. All the original promise just completely <laughs> curdled. <laughs> this is really the most vapid and pointless of all of the movies. And then at the very in the last half hour, suddenly it's like a, a it's like a chase movie or something. Yeah, like it's that. heart to heart. That's just, that's complete garbage. Uh, my n- third worst movie. A Wrinkle in Time.
1: Wow. And Speaking a lot of people of were
0: were really looking forward to this when it came out, but it's another one that it, it it's ghastly to look at. It just it, it is an appallingly bad-looking film. It's another one where the story is just totally disjointed, it's completely nonsensical, and yet there's also this real preachiness to the movie too that is just so off-putting. It's basically the opposite of a spectacle. It it's an unspectacle. Sure. Number 4 I got to say Ocean's 8. I know that some people probably like this. I thought this was just the most vapid thing imaginable. And it's an attempt. This is the whole weird thing about our nostalgia culture right now. The movie, you know Ocean's 11, the Soderbergh movie, is a remake. Yeah, right? (laughs) They're not remaking. They're specifically remaking the Steven Soderbergh version. Yeah. Because Danny Ocean is a sort of unseen character in this. We see other people like Elliot Gould pop up in small roles And it's a very bad attempt to mimic the sort of stylishness of uh, Soderbergh and of the first movie. It's so unfun. It's so dead. And everyone just looks like they're cashing a paycheck. Number five, worst movie of the year. And this is the one that this is almost definitely going to get nominated for Best Picture. It might win some (laughs) acting awards. And it is if you are over the age of 60, you love this film. If you haven't seen it yet, you love it because everyone over the age of 60 thinks this is the new fucking Manchurian candidate or something. It's called Green Book. This is the film with Viggo Mortensen and Mahershala Ali, supposedly based on a real-life story about a guy who drove around a black musician on his tour through the American South in the 1960s. So it really gets to confront racial issues in the most superficial way possible. To me, this movie was MAGA for white liberals. It oh, was nostalgia yeah. for a time where clear racial divides existed, and you felt good because you felt superior to that. Sure, um, this is such a boomer white boomer movie. It just I, it was crushing me on the head with a sledgehammer the entire time. But again, if you're 60 or over, you love it. Uh, And then just to walk through a few of the other movies that are some of the worst, I thought Deadpool 2 is more of Deadpool, but even more of it. And I hated Deadpool and I hated this. The Commuter with Liam Neeson is one of the worst things he's ever done. That one's a hard one to watch too. Winchester, the bad horror movie of the year, this one with Helen Mirren as the scion of Winchester Mystery House. Uh, China Salesman, of course, coming up. But that one's sort of... uh, It's fun. It's also kind of transcendently bad. I don't know if it is fun, but it's... It's
1: fun. Yeah, uh, it's fun.
0: No. (laughs) Uh, Ready Player One, I've talked about that one enough. Tomb Raider is another failure to kind of reboot that franchise. It's just as bad as the Angelina Jolie movies. And then uh, Special Notes for Front Runner, which is the film about Gary Hart starring Hugh Jackman wearing the most ridiculous wig I have ever seen in my life.
1: Oh, really? Okay.
0: Yeah, uh, just a very smug and vapid look at the political process. Can I
1: pick one and you tell me what's wrong with it? You tell me. White Boy Rick. Uh, I was looking forward to that one.
0: It's just kind of a dud, honestly. There's just uh, there's no real story momentum to it. It's another uh, film that sort of feels like bullet points in a story rather than a cohesive narrative. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, it was to me. It was a real slog to sit through.
1: Hey, everyone. It's Chris and Mike from The Recasting Couch, the podcast where we take our favorite movies and discuss what they would be like with new actors in all the lead roles. Hey, Mike, tell them where they can find us on social media. You can find our website at therecastingcouch.com or on Twitter at
0: RecastingPod. And of course, you can listen to us on iTunes, Stitcher, Android, or anywhere
1: else you find your favorite podcasts. Yeah, if there's a service that's not posting our pod, you let us know and we will rectify that immediately. Damn right. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. All right, so we've heard the worst of 2018. Yeah, so that's the worst of the worst.
0: Let's talk about some of my favorite movies of the year. We'll just go quickly through my top 10, and if you want to stop me for anything. Number 10, and uh, to me, the blockbuster of the year, the mainstream Hollywood movie of the year, Mission Impossible Fallout. Still just an absolutely entertaining franchise. And what, What I felt was that, or what I found so surprising, was that there's nothing here, if you've seen the... other Mission Impossible movies. You're not getting anything new. There's There's nothing, or five other missions. This is the sixth one. There's nothing here that's new. People rip their faces off. People have all sorts of funny gadgets. Tom Cruise sustains what should be horrifying you know death causing injuries and then somebody runs away from it somebody who thought
1: was on your side is not going to be on your side exactly and
0: yet at the same time it is done with so much energy and so much verve that to me it, it was fresher than anything else that i saw this year number 9 is burning this is a south korean film uh, really really moody atmospheric and kind of intense uh, movie 8 i went with death of stalin this is, that is Iannucci, who did In the Loop and is the creator of Veep. This is a brilliant, fantastic satire, super dark comedy about the real-life uh, purges following the death of Stalin. Number seven is Cold War, which we talked a little bit about last week. This is a Polish film set during the Cold War about uh, this couple that is sort of a star-crossed, mismatched couple and their how their lives are affected by communism and then when they escape that by capitalism as well. Mm. Number six best kind of tiny movie of the year, I think, Madeline's Madeline, uh, which stars newcomer Helena Howard and Miranda July, and this is just a very fascinating movie that kind of mixes performance, dream, reality, and madness into kind of one film. Number five is Isle of Dogs. That's the new Wes Anderson stop-motion animated film. Number four, I have You Were Never Really Here, which is Joaquin Phoenix directed by Lynn Ramsey, just an absolutely intense intense movie. Number three is The Favorite, which we talked a little bit about last week. Olivia Colman, Rachel Weiss, and Emma Stone. Getting in the story all of, kinds of accolades. Yeah, Story of Queen Anne. Just absolutely lavish, gorgeous production, but also just filled with that prickly darkness of Yorgos Lanthimos. Number two, this is the movie no one is talking about, very few people have seen. Go see this movie. It's called Mandy. If mm. you like an intense, stylish psychedelic movie. You go check out Mandy. Nicolas Cage in the kind of once-a-decade reminder of why we like Nicolas Cage or why we ever like Nicolas Cage. Amazing performance. It allows him to be his best self, but also this movie is just completely nuts. It is so influenced. I
1: heard it described as the Nicolas Cage of Nicolas Cage movies. <laughs> it
0: really is. It's very much influenced by... Like heavy metal album covers yeah. and by Prague Rock and by Psychedelia and by genre stuff from the eighties. Uh it's it's just it's an amazing experience of a film. So Mandy, check that out. And the number one, which we talked about last week, First Reform, starring Ethan Hawk, and written directed by Paul Schrader, the film of the year, the film of the moment, and it's something that a lot of these films that we talk about during award season only really matter or are only talked about because it is award season and right, because there right. is an awards push by them and it gives them an artificial feeling of importance and significant and then you forget about them seven seconds after the awards come out and no one ever cares about them again. First or fourth is a movie people are going to be talking about for years.
1: Uh, so let me say, uh, we talked about one bad one. I liked Drift. I saw that <coughs> one. Uh, I thought she gave a really good, I forget her name. Shailene Whitley. She, yeah, I thought she gave a really good performance of that. Let me ask you about Leave No Trace. That's one I've been interested in. I yeah, saw so you have it. It's number 15.
0: Yeah, Leave No Trace, a, a very interesting movie. So this is a, about a, based on a novel about a father and his daughter who sort of live in the wilderness outside of society. But uh, they're sort of continually drawn or legally compelled to go back into society, but the father feels completely estranged from it as well. He's He clearly has some form of PTSD or something, but it's mostly seen from the daughter's point of view of this girl who has grown up as a survivalist, but kind of gets her first taste of civilization and feels like maybe this is the place for me.
1: See, I love this. So as much as Green Book, like you called it MAGA for white liberals, and it's, we've seen that fucking movie mm. a million times, do this shit, like a mission impossible. There's nothing original, but it's done with energy. It's done. You can do these things, Hollywood. Just do them fucking smart. Do them with a new perspective. Sure. Do them to keep it. Don't do my, Driving Miss Daisy and just <laughs> flip it a little bit.
0: So that was my top 10 films of 2018 and my worst films. If you got some picks for movies you liked that I didn't mention, uh, hit us up on the old Twitter, Dear Daniel Pod.
1: And any of Daniel's picks, let us know what you thought about and Tell us why he's a, a lying sack of shit. Yeah, please.
0: <laughs> I mean, I, I know I am. I just want to We know watch.
1: it. I just want to hear you say it.
0: Give me a reason. So now we're going to read a few of your movie dares. You've been leaving this for us again at daredaniel.com. Dare, Go ahead and click that Submit a Dare button. Leave us your most sadistic dare. First dare of the day comes to us from Leo. Do you know Leo? I do not know I Leo. I don't know Leo. Who are you, Leo? Leo, what do you want from us? What? He wants us to watch Father's Day. From 1997, do you know Father's Day? I've heard of it. Directed by Ivan Reitman, what could go wrong? (laughs) Starring Robin Williams, Billy Crystal, Julia Louise Dreyfus, it is generally considered a career low point for everyone involved. Yep. I think even like the caterers were like, oh, these are some shitty ass
1: sandwiches. (laughs) And this is coming, (laughs) Robin Williams made RV, so this is, (laughs) 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 he made old dogs. This is his low point. Why
0: did Leo Darest watch Father's Day? He says it is a case of bankable leads and a top director at the time that resulted in an unfunny mess considering the talent involved. Good luck. IMDB synopsis says a woman cons two old boyfriends into searching for her runaway son by convincing both that they are the boy's father. Uh, I have not seen Father's Day. You haven't seen it either. I would have seen it's supposed away. to be absolutely atrocious. It's one of during the nineties, there was a lot of like crazily bad. American comedies that were remade from fairly well received French comedies. Oh. And this okay. is another one of those. This was a French comedy originally that they were like, take all the class, <laughs>
1: take all the culture out of that. Robin Williams was in the birdcage. That was a remake of a French it was, classic. Yes.
0: Let's do it again. We got this guys. I'm not a big fan of Robin Williams or Billy Crystal on their own, especially in this era. Yeah, put them together, and that's just
1: has making to be me it. watch anything Billy Crystal. That's you're you're hurting
0: me. That's that's asking a lot. Yeah, yeah. but that's what makes it a fantastic dare. Yeah, thank exactly. You, that, you know, that's that one we really have to seriously consider. Thank you, Leo.
1: Our next one comes from Colin Williams, who's given a lot of feedback, but I think this is his first official dare. No, he's given us some dares. Okay.
0: I can't remember what they were, but
1: his movie this time is The Musketeer. A 2001 movie directed by Peter Hyams, starring Justin Chambers, Catherine Deneuve, Mina Suvari, and Tim Roth. I didn't know Suvari was in this. Why did Colin dare this? He says, The Musketeer was the death knell of the let's-put-crouching-tiger-hidden-dragon fights into everything. Tim Roth is the only good thing in this movie because he gets to just go nuts with the character while everyone else scrambles over themselves to show the world that they are indeed actors. But those fights and stunts, is it enough to get a reverse dare? I think we should see. The I am motherfucking Daniel Barnes synopsis goes like this Alexander Dumas' novel is updated with an Eastern influence as D'Artagnan attempts to join the King's elite guards, the Royal Musketeers, and find the man who killed his parents.
0: Have you seen this movie?
1: I think I tried.
0: I forgot this even existed.
1: I think I tried. I was a fa- I, I will admit I was a fan of when everything started put in action, it's, especially like European like uh, Brotherhood of the Wolf, I thought was a really interesting take. When movies started trying to do that and I was watching, I was just like, oh, but there's, this is the worst. Yeah. So I I, I kind of see what he's saying. It's a death knell of that.
0: I, it was, I think it was 2017. I watched... Several Three Musketeers related. There are a ton of them. It's one that we talked about, like with King Arthur or Robin Hood. They're going to keep making them because they're essentially free to make. It's public domain type stuff. Yeah, Holmes, too. I watched. A bunch of these three musketeer movies. Why well, I saw one from the '30s and '70s and '90s and so on. I didn't even know this one existed. <laughs> <laughs> I just completely forgot this one. So that would complete my, or not complete, but it would add another piece in my musketeers education.
1: I could see Tim Roth being the best thing in something. Yeah, you think so? <laughs>
0: Especially in this. So thank you very much, Colin Williams. Thank great you, Colin. Talk.
1: Thank you for listening too.
0: Our final dare comes to us from, and again, oh God. I hate this word so much. I hate it so much, but I kind of got to say it. Wormhole. Wormhole. It's possible a wormhole that has opened up. I'll just say W-hole. Okay. But it's possible a W-hole is still open because we have been dared. Star Wars The Last Jedi. Mm. Who dared us this? Obi-Wan Kenobi's Force Ghost. Yeah. Obi-Wan, the blue Obi-Wan Kenobi.
1: Yeah. He got online somehow. <laughs> He dared us to watch Star Wars The Last Jedi. An Alec Guinness hologram <laughs> <laughs> separated itself or from... Or and McGregor. A, or or Ewan McGregor. and are probably going to use you. I forgot that they redid those. <laughs> separated itself from Anakin's Force ghost. <laughs> and was like, you know what? What I'm going to do with my time back on catch this up planet? Catch up on my podcast. Catch podcasts. up on my podcast. <laughs> dare them to watch this movie I W hold out of.
0: <laughs> so yes, this is The Last Jedi, episode eight in the Star Wars saga, came out in 2017, directed by Ryan Johnson. This is the second time we've been dared this yeah. movie because our own producer, Johnny Flores, dared us on mini episode 24.5. So that's consensus.
1: Exactly.
0: I'm going to say two people as consensus. It's been
1: motioned and seconded. It's been
0: motioned and seconded. <laughs> Why did Obi-Wan Kenobi's Force Ghost dare us <laughs> to watch this movie? He says, Star Wars fans got their cosplay underwear in a bunch because The Force Awakens was a rehash of A New Hope. But when Ryan Johnson decided to make a Star Wars movie that took things in an entirely new direction, guess what happened? That's right, bunched up cosplay underwear. <laughs> so, is this a bad Star Wars movie? Is this actually a good Star Wars movie that makes Star Wars fans hate it because it undid the lo- the lore and weight of everything that came before it? Or is it just a movie that only a Sith Lord could love? Use the Force, Daniel Quirky, to rate this dare. Uh, IMDB synopsis, Rey develops her newly discovered abilities with the guidance of Luke Skywalker, who is unsettled by the strength of her powers. Meanwhile, the Resistance prepares for battle with the First Order. I would say this has got to be the most, like, controversial Star Wars movie, just in the sense that it seems to have very sharply divided people. People have very strong opinions on either side, whereas Force Awakens seemed like it was just sort of a a generally positive reaction and then the prequels just, had a generally negative yeah, reaction. I think people
1: were just thankful we didn't have prequels bullshit anymore with, with Force Awakens. With yeah. Force it was Awakens. just like,
0: oh, wow, a Star Wars movie that Star cleanser. Wars should have Yeah, yeah palate cleanser was a great idea. And Last Jedi is where it was supposed to kind of build on that promise. And for a lot of people it did and then for a lot of people – their cosplay underwear got bunched up.
1: <laughs> bunched up cosplay.
0: Bunched up, a whole bunch of bunched up cosplay. So that is two dares now. So we might have to look at that just based on based on audience interest and you know, I'm I'm fine piggybacking on the Star Wars craze yeah, just well, for some we cheap listens. I piss off some
1: nerds and <laughs> get their cosplay underwear bunched.
0: If uh, if it gets uh, a hashtag that works or whatever, I'm all good with it. Do you, you
1: know? think that Obi-Wan Kenobi's Force Ghost hmm. When in his time off right. from hanging out at the campfire, he gets mad that nobody's cosplaying as him, as his as Obi Wan Kenobi's forest ghost. as the Force
0: ghost. They're like, "Yeah, sure, take my living form. Sure,
1: yeah, I'm a blue, I'm a blue ghost here. Nobody, nobody. I gotta watch these fucking uh, Ewoks celebrate all this time." <laughs> Because they're doomed. I don't know if you know that. That's in the expanded Star Wars yeah. universe. They're cursed to watch that same celebration forever. every night. forever. forever.
0: <laughs> it's pretty bad. Horrifying. So, yeah, that was all the dares we received. Thank you, Obi-Wan Kenobi's Force Ghost. Thank you. For that dare. We really appreciate it. Back into the wormhole. W-hole. Whoops. Wormhole. Bleep that out. Uh, and that is all we have for you on this episode of Dare Daniel. Tune in next Tuesday for our review of China salesmen. Yes. Mike Tyson, Steven Seagal, Chinese telecoms companies. What is not to get Go watch about this.
1: There. I'm telling you, stop what you're doing right now. Go watch this fucking movie. Watch it.
0: It's bananas. It's bananas. Yeah, watch it now, um, and then come back on Tuesday and hear our review.
1: Yeah, and then uh, happy night 2019, everybody. Let's make it a great one. Yeah, let's let's have a lot of great movies to watch this year. Awesome, can't Dan, wait. Dan's gonna watch a lot of great movies. I'll watch all of them, and I'll I tell will you what not watch game. anything. Corky, <laughs>
0: you're gonna watch Runaway Bright again.
1: I will be stunned that there are that many movies that came out in a year. <laughs> this
0: many movies exist. <laughs> So, for Dear Daniel, I am Daniel Barnes.
1: And I'm Corky McDonald.
0: Happy 2019.